If you have your Bibles this morning, we're going to look at Psalms 100. Psalms 100. As we talk about celebration of worship, which actually are disciplines. Uh, They're actually disciplines of the Spirit celebrating. And I know sometimes people get uncomfortable when they see people moving in church and dancing in church. Uh, But we know that David danced before the Lord. His wife thought uh, Mike was very upset with him, said that he ought to be ashamed. And uh, she was basically reproved by God himself. Uh, for that attitude, and I know that makes us uncomfortable sometimes, but this very verse that we're about to start off right here, verse 1, is the song that we just sang, and it says this, it says, shout for joy to the Lord all the earth, worship the Lord with gladness, come before Him with joyful songs, know that the Lord is God, it is He who made us, and we are His people. And we are His people and the sheep of His pasture. Enter His gates with thanksgiving and His courts with praise. Give thanks to Him and praise His name. For the Lord is good and His love endures forever. His faithfulness continues through all generations. Shout to the Lord. That word in the Hebrew literally means this. It means to proclaim, to call out. Uh, It can also be an evangelism term. Let the earth know of His greatness. When God first chose the people of Israel as His children, His main thrust was this, that they would be a light into all the other nations. That through them, they would draw people to know Him in His awesome magnificence, in His omniscience, and in His glory. That was the very purpose for why He chose them and chose to bless them. And today He's chosen to bless us as a church, to take that light, to shout to the Lord, all the earth, to let us sing, let them see that there's an impact that God has made in our life. Worship is that. It's expressing in our heart what God is transforming through our lives. Number two, he, tells, he says here, Worship the Lord with gladness. Come before Him with joyful songs and know the Lord is God. The second thing we can see here is that we are to serve Him. We are to serve Him. To know that He is the Lord. That He has made us. That we are His. We are His people. And as we enter the gates, anytime we tr- truly worship God, it leads us to service. To serve Him. It should make an impact. When we experience transformation, when we encounter the Holy and living Spirit of God, it moves us to serve. It moves us to do something with it. Not to just sit and watch. Not to just nod our head. But it impacts our lives. I remember one time when we were at the first year of the church, we were just a couple of months into the church, and I was following up with this family that had visited, and they said, you know, we would love to join and be a part And I'll never forget what they said. And they said, you know, we want to just help any way we can. I said, well, where would you like to serve? And I'll never forget what this lady said. She said, put us where nobody else wants to be. Man, that's worship right there. That's when it's not about you. Because you know where you're going to get put. You're going to get put in the children's area. All right? That's what's going to happen. And uh, But she was willing to do that. What an act of worship. Know, the Bible says in verse 3, Know that the Lord is God, that is He who made us, and we are His people and the sheep of His pasture. We are His people. Know the Lord. Know the Lord. That word know right there is more than just acknowledgement of His existence. You've heard the illustration, uh, we know who George Bush is, but does he know us? Does it, it really, uh, do we really have a relationship with Him? A lot of people know who God is, and you'll ask people, uh, do you know God? Are you a Christian? Yeah, I believe in God. 
I believe in the existence of God. I believe even that He is good. But do you know Him? Have you come into a real relationship with Him through the person of Jesus Christ? Have you come to the place where you recognize that you are a sinner and that you are in need of forgiveness and there's no way you could ever accomplish enough deeds to come into a right standing with God? It can only be given to you by grace. The Bible tells us it's by grace we are saved through faith. It's not of our deeds. It's not of our efforts. You know, when I accepted Christ, I went from trying to do good things that He would love me to doing good things because He had accepted me, because He does love me, because I have received His grace and forgiveness. Knowing the Lord in intimacy. It's acknowledging who He is, and it's letting who He is make an impact in how we live our lives. It's letting Him control our lives and lead our lives to know Him, making His Word known. Last week I shared a story of Matt and Tammy Peden and their family and what was going on uh, with their child about to have heart surgery. And I'll never forget what Matt told me. He said this. He said, uh, we're just going to thank God for what He's going to do through this surgery. We're just going to start giving thanks because we know He'll receive the glory in this. I tell you what, that's real faith right there. That's when the Word of God has impacted your life. When you're looking at the people that you love the most going through serious situations and you're saying, God, how are you going to use this? However you want to use this, I want to give you the glory. I want to give you the praise. I want to thank you in advance for I know my Redeemer lives. <coughs> Excuse me, but number four, to be thankful. To be thankful. The psalmist here, David says, as he celebrates, as he worships, he says, verse 4, enter his gates with thanksgiving, his courts with praise. Give thanks to him and praise his name. For the Lord is good. His love endures forever. His faithfulness continues through all generations. Enter his gates with thanksgiving. More than any other attribute, praise and worship is this. It's one of thanksgiving. It's recognizing not just our mishaps in life. It's not just saying, God, well, I'm, I'm glad I got this. But it's being grateful and thankful and expressing that in song and in mouth and in deed. It's having a grateful heart, a thankful heart. How much more we love it when our children are thankful rather than when they just say give and they take and they run away. Matter of fact, when they start being grateful... We think they're mature. Some of us still need to learn about a little bit about maturing, don't we? But having a thankful and grateful heart. I ask you this morning, what are you thankful for? What are you grateful for this morning? As we reflect back, I look back and you see these pictures that um, uh, four years ago, this past summer, uh, we started, we'd had a couple of meetings at my house and then we started meeting at Dan Cardell's house. And there were about 20 of us, 25 of us, and we would meet there and do Bible study. And it only took us about three minutes to set up because we just put a few chairs out. We didn't have any sound system. We didn't have anything else. We had that one offering box, and uh, every once in a while somebody would put something in it. That's all we had. We didn't have anything else, and it was so simple. We'd walk in three or four minutes, and we'd set up, and we'd do church, and then that was it. We'd, ha we'd hang out for a little bit in the living room because we all fit. And then after a while, and... August of 2002, we went to IASIS Gymnastics Center, which is now called Excite Gym, and we began to meet in a little room there. There was about 40 or 50 of us. We began to do what I called a practice church. Why did I call it practice church? Because we'd never set up a sound system before. Uh, we had never run a children's program. We hadn't done anything. We didn't know how to do our bulletins right at that point. And so we began to do that. And we didn't really market or let people know we were doing church because we 
I was still afraid because I didn't know what I was doing, quite frankly. And so uh, we started to do that. And then um, after about four or five weeks, we were able to move to Lantana Elementary, Razor Elementary. Uh, four years ago today, we had our grand opening. The next week, we had about 100 people. And we ran between 90 and 115 people for the next year. <clears throat> and then we came to where we are today here in Briar Hill Middle School. And uh, that was three years ago. This, uh, is this October yet? No, next month it'll be three years. And uh, how exciting it's been to just see how God took us from that 115 people uh, to last Sunday we had well over 400 people when we count all our children, count all our preschoolers and all our youth. How God has blessed us, how God has grown us. And I look back and I think of, of where we're headed uh, in the future. And I, I remember the past and I think about that property that we have that the church is going to be built, and hopefully two months from today we'll be worshiping out there. And I'll never forget the story of how God gave us that property. People ask me all the time, I talk to other church planners or people want to hear the story, how did you get that piece of property out there? How did you strategize? How did you do that? Who was working for you? And I'm thinking, if you only knew, I'm a complete real estate idiot. That's, that's the real truth of it. I mean, I'm looking at a... At a piece of property next to a sewage plant off the main road uh, before when this came along. And I remember it was, it was not working out. We weren't going to be able to afford it. And I'm driving down the road, and I'm just praying. I said, God, we need something. We're running out of time at school. They're going to make us leave. What are we going to do? And I see a sign, and it says ranch for sale. So I call on that, that number. I take that number call, and they said, well, we got 360 acres, but we're not interested in dividing. You have to buy all of it. And I'm thinking, great. Well, up to that point, I've been telling people I'm a church, thinking that'll help, and that was like the kiss of death. As soon as I tell them I was a church, we were a church, they think, we don't get any tax dollars, we don't want you. The city's kept turning us down, telling us to go away. We don't want you, little boy. And uh, I'll never forget <coughs> asking that lady, I said, look, we're a church. Do you know of any other property? She goes, well, actually, we don't even live here. We live in Missouri. We just inherited this land. But my husband just ironically happens to be down there today checking out the property. We're getting ready to sell it. So he just happens to be there. Why don't you run over and see if you can go see him? So uh, I go over there, and it turns out that he is a lay Pentecostal preacher. And uh, it just so happened that when I was in high school, I dated a girl whose daddy was a Pentecostal pastor. And so for a year, I was Pentecostal. <laughs> and... Um, so I would go, and I'd go to church there. Well, I was able to tell him that I went to church there, and I was able to tell him his favorite evangelist grew up not far from where I was, and I used to go here and preach uh, with my Pentecostal girlfriend. And uh, so we ended up having just a great conversation. He said, well, let's walk out, and let's go out here and, and just go see the property. So we walked out there, and uh, for about 40 minutes, he prayed in tongues, and I listened. And uh, then when we got, we got through, he said, show me what you want. I'll sell you any piece you want. I go, well, you tell me what you'll sell me. He goes, this right here is the best piece of property I have of the 360 acres. He said, you ought to take this. And I said, well, if you want to give it. And he goes, I think God wants the best. You take this, this 360. Well, then I said, you know what? We can't offer as much money as you're offering. What if we give you a little bit more than half? Okay, I'll do that. And then I didn't have any better sense. And I said, well, would you be willing to give us some? And he goes, well, let me pray about that. And uh <clears throat> The next day, he, he, I called him. He goes, tell you what, I'll give you a third of it. It was a miracle. Can I tell you, we got it for almost half the value, and then he gave us some. And I couldn't have ever, I would not even have thought to go and ask for that. You know what I mean? That was a God thing. I had nothing to do with it. Matter of fact, God kept having to move me out of the way. 
You know what I mean? That was just the real truth of it is. And God, it was a total God thing if I've ever seen one. I'm thankful for what God has done and for the building that we will soon have. I'm thankful for the sacrifices that people have made. I'm thankful as I remember and as I look and I think of all the people who come over here and help set up, all the people who teach children and work with youth. We have over 100 people volunteer every week. We have, counting all our children and counting our midweek Bible studies, we have 300 people in Bible study every week. As I look at it, as I looked over our statistics, we've had nearly 100 people baptized and come to Christ in these last four years. We've grown from that first year of having just a little over 400 people to over 400 people. We have seen, we have been able to assist and help with four other churches being planted and being started that we support. We've given over $25,000 to world hunger. We've given over $100,000 to missions. We've dedicated nearly 100 babies here at our church. Look what God is doing. You know what? You ought to be so glad that you're here in this cafeteria because one day we're going to be over there and there's no way you can ever get this opportunity back. I'm so glad that my son, even though he won't hardly be able to remember, I'm so glad that he gets to do church here so that he doesn't just think church is a building. But it's people who come together to worship God and to make an impact in his kingdom. I'm thankful for the stories. I'm thankful as I remember uh, John and Patty Quillen uh, who have ten children that they keep at their home. And, and as I was able to go over share and watch six of them come to Christ and then baptize those six children, as well as some adults in my own personal community group at that time. I remember as I think about uh, so many different memories of people. I think even this today is we have people who will be baptized. One of those is, is Marie. Marie uh, told me not too long ago when I was talking to her about how much the church had ministered to her. They had moved down here from New York and uh, she had had a serious back problem and her husband was having to work and how people came and worked with, helped her children and provided meals and how much that ministered to her. I think of Winnie McHugh I was talking to this week and they decided they want to be a part of the church and she was telling me her spiritual journey and how that she got here and how they, when they visited and they visited several places and they knew they needed to find a, a place where they could worship and bring their children up in the knowledge and the truth of God's Word and they said in five minutes I just started crying because I knew this is where God wanted me. She goes and then God started dealing with me. She goes and at Easter I bought my first Bible and then I bought my husband a Bible. The first Bible I've ever owned. I remember those stories stories from when we first started and we started our first women's Bible study in our house and had our neighborhood and, and 12 of the women didn't own Bibles. Our church was able to provide Bibles for them. I think about uh, my neighbors who come every week now who when, I, when we first moved in uh, I remember him telling me, he goes, you know, we were so worried because the preacher was moving next door. We, it's like the, the, the freaks are moving next door. And, um, and you know, to see them every week. And we, we prayed for them. And we prayed for other neighbors every night for four years. And now they come. Now uh, she's in, intimately involved in the Bible, in the Bible study during the week and serves. And uh, is, the Bible's just opened up all the way to her as they spiritually seek God at this point in their life. I'm excited about what God is doing. As last week I told you about Channing Park and his family. Channing had surgery and it went great. And I talked to Nicole yesterday. She goes, I am so 
overwhelmed by the ministry of Rock Point Church, of the people who've come by, of the people who've checked on us, of the food that's been brought to us. I am so overwhelmed. I talked to the Lent family this week, and she sent me an email, and she said this. They're the family who lost their teenage daughter three weeks ago in a boating accident. She said, you know what? I've been more ministered to, my family's been more ministered to in the last three weeks than we have in any church in our life total. And she goes, God is making an impact, and I'm seeing my, God change my husband even through this horrible situation. I'm seeing him seek God. How exciting is it as we see what God is doing through the church and God is doing through His Spirit as our people are faithful? What about you? What are you doing to make an impact? Will you join with us? Will you serve? Will you be a part? Will you give if you can? I look and I think of all the sacrificial things that people have done and how they've made where we are possible and where we're going in the future. You know, we've already had somebody that we were going to get a basic sound system because we were on the value budget as we go in. And somebody said, you know, I want us to have a good sound system, so I'm going to pay for that. I'm going to take care of it. I said, do you know how much that is? And I told them, and they kind of gulped, and they go, let me pray about it. And they came back, and they go, yeah, we, I, I'm going to take care of that. Somebody else do, donated part of the utilities to our church. Somebody else gave money so that we could have playground equipment. A couple of people went in together, and they provided a piano so that we don't have one that has crayons stuck in it and pennies, and it's out of tune, but will last for a long time. We are thankful that. Someone made a sacrifice, and they sold their vacation home and gave the money so that we might make this move. Another older man decided that he was about to buy a new truck. He'd been saving his money. And he said, you know what? I don't need a new truck right now. I'm 72 years old. I'm going to let it go. And I'll give you the money that I've been saving for that. I think about those sacrifices that people made. And you know what I think? Here's what I believe in all my heart. I don't believe they're ever going to regret it. I believe four years from now, they're going to drive by and they're going to see people flooding out. They're going to be in a service and they're going to hear... They're going to hear people giving testimony because of the sacrifices they're made. They're going to see children being baptized, and all they'll think is, thank you, Lord. Thank you. They will never regret it. The only regret we would have is that if we sit and we do nothing. That's the only one's regret. It's just kind of like Schindler's List. As he thought about this watch, I could have saved two more people. This ring, I could have saved three more people. My question to you this morning, this is an opportunity to make an impact. The question is, what will we do with it? God is already sending us people just because of the sign, literally. As I talk and I have the opportunity to share, people know who we are. They know we're coming. What will we do? Will we be prepared? Will we serve? Will we give? Will we share of the good news of Jesus Christ? I challenge you today to make that commitment.